100 episodes! Ladies and gentlemen, we're back again for the 100th episode of Talking About Noise, your primary music news source. I'm one of your hosts, Art Moore. I kind of feel like this is a birthday, and we're celebrating a birthday, and I just don't care. Yeah, you, you, when you get to your age, you know, 100 years old, you stop kind of caring about your birthday as much, right? You're just kind of like, eh. Okay. I've had a lot of them. So, um, I've a lot of them. I am the swoop. Your other host. <laughs> Eric Hansen. Welcome. Catch him at I am the swoop on t- Twitter. To your primary new music news source, Talking That's About right. Noise. And we are here to blow your mind. Welcome to the news desk once again for another week of excellentness. We've been doing this show for 100 years. That's a very long 100 time, episodes, <laughs> not 100 years, and just been having a good time with it. You know, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. And Eric, can I say just here on the outset, it has been a pleasure every second doing this show with you. I've never had, I've never regretted you, never regretted uh, entering uh, into doing this, this show uh, relationship with you, with you and uh, I've never wanted out except for those few <laughs> times. But then we went to a therapy, and it was all. Better. Hey, our therapist helped a ton. You know, he, he really, really uh, he was great. He was great. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a therapist. Yeah, Anyways, we folks, we're uh, we're super excited for uh, for the show this week. Uh, 100 episodes brought to you time and time again with some breaks, but generally we've been pretty consistent with it. Um, and here's to the next 100 episodes. We're hoping to, to reach that that level here uh, sooner than later. So uh, we're excited about that. How about we just cheat and call next one episode 200? <laughs> we'll just start calling them by hundreds. It's 100, 200, 300. Go from there. Really I'm not mean? against it. I, I'm, I'm not against padding our numbers in any way so <laughs> anyway eric you've got some good news for us or you i got, do you know, what's what's going on in the in the music news world today all right just a second i was i was looking up some stuff so um reading uh an article about lord Ooh, lord so did you know her real name is maximilian robespierre i did know that yeah um Actually, do you know who Matt Maximilian Robespierre was? No. Who is it? What? <laughs> uh, he was uh, part of the French Revolution. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Okay. No, her, her, her real name, I actually got to find it. Uh, her real name is Ella Yelich O'Connor. O'Connor. I love that Yelich. Yelich? Ella Yelich. Like, that is a mouthful. Ella Yelich. So, anyway, um, she just she recently released her song. Uh, on just on YouTube, she hasn't released her album yet, but okay. it's Green Light, and she performed it on Saturday Night Live. Nice. You remember this? Do I don't watch. watch I don't watch TV just in general. I just YouTube. I, it's not TV. Well, fine, Art. but I just I Art. haven't gotten around to watching. You need you need to join the uh, the <laughs> internet. It's the World Wide Web Revolution, just, my friend. I mean, you have to realize I've, I've I've basically been a single parent all week. My wife has been off at a at a user conference for her work and. I have uh, been wrangling the kids and work and nope, not a good food and school nope. all on my mm-hmm. own. So, uh, gotta get your lord. No, in. no time for the YouTube, as I like to call it. All right, go ahead. So she released her new album. Okay, her so new, um, single, right? Uh, Green light. Right? Green light. Okay. Uh, the album comes out in June. Okay. Anyway, she before she released Green Light, she actually sent it to a producer. Okay. Um, Max Martin, who has worked with a number of pop groups such as Britney okay. Spears, Backstreet Boys, uh, Katy Perry, Taylor Swift. All right, and um, I've heard of a couple of those. I hate them all. And he had a very specific critique, which I found fascinating. Um, it has to do with the melodic math by shortening a part of the song. He said. Uh, he also said that the 
this track is listed, or he would list it as an example of quote unquote incorrect songwriting because oh. of a shortened part. So I've analyzed oh, okay. it, I've taken a look All at right, it, let's and, take a look at and um, I've decided I know what he was talking about, actually. You understand what he was trying to say? Yes. And what do you think? Is it incorrect songwriting or is it an artistic deviation? Well, okay, so Lord took it and said thank you for the opinion, uh, but I'm going to proceed anyway with what we've done, okay. but I appreciate the input, right? All right? So I was like, kudos to her. What she did in this song, and she is an actual songwriter on this, right? so yeah. um, there is a first verse, there's a pre-chorus, there's a chorus, and then there's a second verse. That second verse has been short, has been halved according to what the first verse would be. Okay. Okay. And then she goes pre-chorus, chorus, and then there's a double extended chorus on the end with like a solo, like a synth solo. Okay. So what she chose to do was shorten the second verse and then extend the chorus out one and a half times. So, oh, that's interesting. So it extends and then cuts off abruptly. And But the, the groove goes on for so long, you don't really notice that the second verse cuts you off abruptly, nor does, do you really notice that the song cuts you up. So it works well. It flows well. Yeah, I think it still works. I noticed it the first time I listened to it. I just had to make sure, so I went and listened to it like 10 more times and wrote wrote it down. But um, I think that's what he's talking about when he talks about the melodic math and having everything line up in in certain functional orders. So I thought that was quite fascinating. We we, we look at, you know, bars of four. We look at um, lines of two. We look at verses of eight, you know, lines, that kind of thing. And when you start messing around with that math, uh, not everyone's going to be happy with that, but I don't know. I'm interested. Why? How did this become an article? How did people one find out about it, and two like? Well, because she that she said it in an interview. She brought it up. Yeah. Okay, that's very interesting. And um, the song itself is about quote unquote. This is from Lord. The drunk girl at the party dancing around, crying about her ex boyfriend, who everything everyone thinks is a mess. That's her tonight, and tomorrow she'll start to rebuild. And then apparently it's more songs in the album are about that concept. Okay, cool. Which I don't relate to in the slightest, <laughs> so I thought the lyrics were kind of lame. No, you didn't. I actually did. You did. While listening, I was like, nope, nope. this is dumb. This does not apply to my specific situation. Oh, I don't care if it applies to my situation. It I just, just think terrible. it's dumb. <laughs> anyway, I like the song, though, um, overall. But I I thought that was quite fascinating. So it's okay to have incorrect songwriting, and it's okay to break the rules if you're popular enough and you can get away with it. Well, and I think, like, um, if you write long enough to the rules, right, you'll know when you can pull out of them and kind of That's the whole concept of gaining mastery in in your field, right? Right. Like, you know when to break the rules and when you're allowed to. It's not like you can just walk up and be like, I'm going to break all the rules and create a revolution, (laughs) and then nobody cares because... Your music is horrible. Well, and we've we've I've met with people in the recording studio who've, who've brought in songs that they have touted as breaking all the rules. Right, and, and then you're, you're like, like oh. nope, this follows all the rules. And we got we got ten hours of putting this song together, trying to fix it. <laughs> yeah, that, that is, would actually is, be really just annoying. Terrible. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's some good news. So, Art, that was my first bit. Give me give me what you got. So, I think it's uh, interesting. Um, I have a uh, an article here written by uh, Bobby Oshinsky, and he's got a great podcast. If you want to listen to uh, like recording engineering or uh, producing or even songwriting, but 
his main thing is is just kind of looking at like the business of music, right? Putting it all together, getting it out there. And he has a new uh, strategy, and it's—I I don't know if it's brand new, but it's—it's—it's a—it's something he's been seeing happening, and it's, it's not a revolution art. <laughs> it's not redoing everything. It's—it's it's coming out, and and but I think it's interesting the points he makes with it. And he says there's there's um, several different new strategies for releasing out new music, and we're just going to hit on a couple of these. Um, there's there's four of them here. Uh, okay, give me the four briefly. Very quickly. Uh, the artist continues to release music on a regular basis to keep okay. the fans happy. I've heard of that okay. one. Kind of like Each, that's the whole Patreon idea, right? You Patreon have subscribers. Yep. You give like a new song a month or something exactly. like that. And, okay. okay. Um, the artist, uh, every every release of a thing is a separate marketing event. So they Got market it. each song separately. Or um, album. Nope. Nope. So Just songs. Individual Songs. Okay. So he's saying, and this is interesting, with the release of an album, you have that one event. It's a big event. That's right. And you have 11 songs. With the new marketing, you have 11 releases with mm-hmm. 11, in, 11 marketing events, and they're all a marketing event. Mm-hmm. And so that, that that's, a, that's a little bit different. Um, and the idea there is to uh, constantly have new music in, in the ecosystem that's yours and hopefully gain new fans as, you, as you're working through that. Okay. Um, and then as you release each song, you gain additional exposure. Okay. So in a 10 album song uh, release, it's, um, uh, it's easy for uh, you know, a reviewer to focus on one thing, one song in the album instead of all of them. But with 10 songs, you hopefully the idea is to get you know, 10 different hits okay. in that way. Yeah. And, and the reviewers will rebut and say, yeah, but... I'll just wait till you release all of them, then I'll review you. Well, possibly, but I or I, even if you get that, if you're lucky enough to get that. Well, and I, if and you I have the A and R. I for think it. there's a level, right? There's a level for all this. If yeah. you're Britney Spears, you're just doing all this stuff, you know, piecemeal and, and having it all out, and that's fun. But um, but if you are, I've seen I've seen smaller artists use these techniques mm-hmm. as well to great success. Um, and then the last thing is an album can be compiled afterwards, and you have yet another marketing event, another uh, thing Wait, to Wait, I be only sold. heard three. Well, that was the three, and the fourth one is the album can be sold as its own marketing event after they've all been released. So you think That's you just what you just together. said. That's number four. Oh, wait, okay. Yeah, so releasing a single. Uh, I kind of struck with that. No. So, no, you continually release singles into okay. the, uh, to keep uh, your fan base happy. Okay. Um, each release is a marketing event. Isn't that the same thing? No. Okay. Because releasing a single is one, uh, one activity. Having a marketing event around that single is a separate activity. Okay. In my mind, it is. Okay. Right? I guess. I mean, couldn't you do both? What, why, why does it matter if they're in two different bullet points? Oh, I don't know. Okay. What's, <laughs> you're like, what's, well, you're like there's, stuck there's on the bullet four, point but I'm issue. Hearing, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing practically. It's, okay. What, what's the definition of the first? Read me more of the bullet point of the first. Okay. Point. So he says, uh, the artist keeps their fans happy with the constant supply of new music. New music keeps the buzz and dialogue going about the artist on the social network. Okay. What's the, the bullet on the second one? So this one just the second one is just uh, each release is a separate marketing event. And that's all it says? No, there's more oh, stuff well, that read, says that there's go. constantly new music in your fans' ecosystem and increased potential to reach new fans as a result. Okay, what's the third? And the third is um, 
the artist gains increased exposure for every song. So it grows with every time you go. Well, these aren't different marketing strategies. I, this is all building on the same oh thing. Does, does it matter? Yes, does, it does. Does it? I need does it matter? specifics, Art. Like I need... We, we have... We have I, I don't think it gets more specific than what Bobby Oshinsky has <laughs> done here. And I think he's done a fantastic job. No, no, no. I think he's taking... <laughs> You, you, you can you can look at releasing a single and and stuff all that stuff in there for sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But he's just parsed it out into three different items that help you kind of think about it and 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 do this. And it's so weird that you're making a big deal about well, no, how I he mean, just presented it. It's like how like I, four four I points. They're would, all good points. No, you'd want to do all of them, right? So yeah, I guess cr- try and create a subscriber base, build. Build it your, up your release, release the song, uh, maybe f- like do a Patreon thing where you release it like two yep. weeks early and then right. have a Q&A just for your Patreon subscribers. Gotcha. Yep. And then after you've done it for each song, then you uh, release the album in its entirety. Yeah. And then the reviewers review it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You just like lab- label off four different items there. Yeah. That's all the same thing. Just... It's not all the same thing. It's all it's all just one part of one. All right, well, (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna agree to disagree because this conversation is not continuing nowhere. This is not continuing. So I think I think thinking of the subtleties of each of the points is uh, uh, you know there's some value in that. Let's say that. Okay. So cool. All right. (laughs) All right. So I guess um, I will have to retract former statements that I've made. I have uh, about what? What are we retracting here? I won't call this an apology. <laughs> I will just say I'm retracting. What are we talking about? What are we retracting? So it's been of my opinion that when people start making uh, kids shows and kids um, movies and music, start and marketing stuff, towards kids. Okay, um, they've lost their legitimacy as musicians and they've given up pretty much. Oh, really? I'm looking at you, Kenny Loggins. I'm looking at you <laughs> around Poo Corner or whatever it was, <laughs> destroying my childhood. What about Ice-T in the river rafting family fun romp? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So um, I, I'll backtrack it just a bit, but I'm a, I'll have my kids watch this and we'll see how it is. All right. So Roots and Amazon are developing two new children's shows. Uh, the, the Roots are partnering with Amazon to develop uh, shows uh, one of them is called Street or South Street Sounds. Okay. And um, one is going to be an animated show. One is going to be a live action series. And it's going to include um, their type of music. I don't know if they're actually going to be writing the songs or they're going to have different songwriters, but they will have some okay. other songwriters, it looks like. But anyway, this is their project for kids. So. Oh, that sounds great. All I want to see is an animated version of The Roots. I want to see Quest Teaming Love. up with yeah. uh, Scooby-Doo, all of the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> that is one of the most bizarre requests I've ever heard but Don't you think that would be awesome? With whipped cream <laughs> and, and holding a mug. Shouting! Okay, I don't understand all that. Listen, Scooby Doo has had a long, long history of teaming up with very, very strange people. Oh, I've got what right you, I with get Batman what you're and Robin. That was okay. odd, and with the Harlem Globetrotters. And I think that the Roots would be a perfect combination to team up with uh, Scooby Doo. Just, just put it out there, Amazon. No. Make it happen. Put it together. Don't make it happen. No, no, no. Uh, uh-uh. uh. You don't think so? Nope. Anyway, 
This will be coming that out. That was cross marketing back in the uh, back in the seventies. I guess or 80s, so. Whenever that I guess that, so. Whenever those things happen. So anyway, um, it's supposed to come out sometime next year. I guess I'll keep you apprised if it's garbage. Okay. Or if it's any good. You're gonna, you're gonna and test if it is, on your own if kids. it is garbage, I'm going to Go retract back. my retraction and say, <laughs> nope. When you market to kids. You've lost it. So when someone cool like the Roots are gonna make something for kids, you're like, all right, okay, okay, let's see. Yeah, that. then I'm then I'm down. I'm like, then you're oh, down. Well, you piqued my interest. Okay. So what about appearances now, on Sesame Street? That I was about I was just about count. to say that that doesn't count because you're just a guest. You're just a they guest. They just want you as a guest. Okay. That's all. And uh, what about like the uh, the Star Wars Muppet crossover thing? Also guest situation there. Don't get me started on Star Wars. I've decided I'm anti-Star Wars. It's garbage. What? It's all garbage. You know that the new one is coming out soon. Okay. This year. So? Oh, great. man. Rogue One was garbage. Rogue One was fantastic. Garbage. Okay, like, well, what did you think about the... Just uh, the dumbest. The, uh, the Force Awakens. Ugh. So dumb. Okay, well, how about the, the film before that? The, uh, the Clone Wars. Uh, that was the animated one, the right? The animated feature. It was just all right. That was good. It's all right. Episode three? No. Episode two? No. You hated episode one? Okay. Yeah. Well, let's go past those. Everyone but, hated. But episode the original, one. the originals. You, you, you like the originals? So I've, of course, I liked them as a kid, but I can't watch them now. You can't watch them no, now. No, they're unwatchable. Ser- seriously, unwatchable. All right. Well. Okay. I can't believe it's been a hundred episodes, and we're finally at the. No, no, I've just just come to this conclusion. Just you just recently. So, what is? Are are you switching over to Star Trek? Are you going to go Firefly? What? What what is your? What is your space uh, sci-fi? I've decided right now. Blank slate. I'm not going to have anything. Blank slate. eh? I'm just going to enjoy the cream of the crop. Okay. Whatever it is, I don't care. But if it's garbage, I'm not going to watch it. I'm looking at you, Rogue One. (laughs) The stupidest movie. Oh, now hold on, hold on. I I have to, folks. We're gonna we're gonna take a little sidestep here. Nope, nope, we're not. Because Rogue Run is, without doubt, possibly the best Star Wars movie we have ever gotten. If that's the case, it's not saying much for the franchise, is it? Oh, it is a fantastic Boom. movie. It is good. It is very good. I'll now, say. I'll last say, week we joked about Indiana Jones and, La- and the Last Crusade. No, no, the no, the fourth one. The fourth um, one. The, and there's the not even skull. Not no, a great no, movie. it doesn't even deserve a title. Yeah, it doesn't. It's just it's Indiana Jones four, right? But Rogue One was an excellent movie. It did not feel completely Star Warsy. There were no Jedi. I loved that fact that there were no Jedi and the fact that. Um, the movie was just, it was solid, good character development, good storytelling. Uh, Alan Tudyk was in it. I mean, come on. You got Alan Tudyk in it. It's a good, it's going to be good. Where was he? He was the robot. Oh, he was a voice. No, he wasn't in it. Then. He did all of the motion capture for it. Oh yeah. Okay. Great. In the, in the, that's, in the scene with everything. Then you're not really in the movie. Yeah. He is in like, the movie. Like the guy that played Gollum. He wasn't really in the movie. What? He was just the what? green screen. Okay, thing. now we're we're getting on to uh, Andy said not Andy Sedakis. What is his last name? I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. Um, oh man, this is no, no. This is causing a rift right here. The Star Wars rift right now. No, down no. This line. I know and how now to, you brought Lord of the Rings into I it. I will cause we, a we've big got some rift. Problems I will here. cause a huge rift. Watch we've this. We've got some real problems. Batman is overrated. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's right. 
there was a certain point where the uh, the the uh, there's no one who can help the you comic anywhere. guys were like, you know what, we got we got nothing. Let's just give Batman more more superpowers, the garbage, and uh, let's just give him too much. Yeah. So you're, <laughs> Why, he's gonna your explode. fundamental <laughs> misunderstanding of Batman and his superpowers. <laughs> that's the part that negates everything you've said about Batman. So now that I've got you um, thoroughly riled up, is Batman overrated? Yeah, sure. I'll, give I'll, me I'll, your I'll next news. That. No, no, no. I'll admit that Batman's probably a little <laughs> overrated. But the fact that you were like, they just keep giving him more superpowers. Batman has no superpowers. No, he does actually. He does. Yeah. Yeah. What's his superpower? So they'll be like, Batman can go for forty days without sleeping because um, he has like super Bruce Wayne sleep, and then Batman can do this and this. He also has the mind of the most brilliant strategist since Napoleon, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, uh, okay, just stop. Okay. Okay, now that you're riled up, give me your news. I, I, wanna, just, I, don't, I, don't, know how to, I don't know how to interact with you anymore. <laughs> we don't like any we, of the same we, things We can't anymore. use any, any Batman metaphors now. <laughs> what, what do we have in common? We've got uh, nothing. No Rogue One, it's, no Batman. It's back to the therapist. Still... Feel like your man. This is uh, John Mayer's new music video for his song of the same title, and it's very Asian themed. It's like in an which Asian I don't know club. why because it doesn't sound Asian in the slightest. But and neither does the song. Going. The song's very American. That, no, pop, that's, that's you know. what I said. The song doesn't sound very Asian. Okay. Cool. <laughs> no, no, no. I thought you were talking about like, the title or like like the, oh, the concept no, no, no. of the Got song it. itself. Okay. Just. Anyways, uh, it's very, very Asian strong, but people are kind of, you know, accusing him of cultural appropriation. So could you find, I actually tried to go find like where people were criticizing him and all I found was like positive praise. I couldn't find the critiques or well, the criticism. Well, here's a fusion headline. John Mayer's Asian music video was just released and it's as bad as you expected. Oh, I, was, I wasn't looking for, I was looking for actual people. Headlines. Vulture took him to task for using an Asian culture Simply Wait, as an did? aesthetic background, the vulture. Oh, the, the magazine. Yeah. Oh, got it. Oh, so so yeah, that's dumb. So here's what John Mayer has to say about it. He says, "I see there being a vain attempt to create a backlash, but I see people excited about the fact that I've returned to what I consider a fun-loving take on things." It took me a really long time to return to having a good time. I've always had a humorous side. There's a really well-functioning mechanism in my brain where the sincerity and depth and that profoundness of how I'm feeling and what I'm writing has to be offset by me personally with levity. Well, he also says something else, right? Um, so what what exactly did the vulture say about it? Like, give me the quote. Uh, using Asian, they took him to task for using Asian culture simply as an aesthetic background. Okay. The video, so the song itself is pure pop. And it's American pop. It's not so John pop Ma- or J-pop. Right, yeah. It's... Um, it's just blah, blah, like well, just you don't candy. like pop music, it's so candy. yeah, you're gonna put pop music in the same basket as Batman and Star Wars. <laughs> the song isn't terrible. No, it's not terrible. It's I mean, John Mayer pop. I'm you sure know. it'd be fun, but he's dancing with pandas. How can you not like that? It's hilarious. So I. And so yeah. did you find the Vulture article? Like, what did they say? Because I was searching Twitter for like actual people feedback, and I found nothing. Like I just found support. Like if you search John Mayer or like search for this on Twitter, you find nothing. Yeah. So I think that that like, you know, I don't know. To me, it's 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 really it's being a non-issue. Everyone who like really is focusing on it and who is angry about it. 
Yeah, I don't you know. Just gotta, People cult, just the cultural for- appropriation tag is is a tough one, right? Like, like as soon as that comes up, I have a yeah, tendency to disregard what those people say. Um, but my question, my thought here is timing. Like when people all said this stuff, because it seems a little bit like he brought up the culture appropriation before people started criticizing him. Possibly. I got to read oh, more about they? that, oh, well, but it doesn't matter. No, what's another, he said something else about like, I don't, there's no room for, um, criticism or critique or something. Yeah. Anyway, I just want to tell John Mayer: if people criticize you for your stuff, just double down. Yeah, to always double down. Don't, and he has done don't that. apologize. He has absolutely done that. Just he, be who uh, you are. What, what's the last? No, no, quote he's, he, he was apologizing. Article? No, he didn't apologize. Yeah, he was. He I was don't like think so. Super he, he apologetic. Was, he said here, I wasn't about to make a music video for a pop song unless I was having a blast. Like, what other video is there for? Still feel like your man. Also, I think it's hilarious that I'm almost forty. I'm like, I don't know. What do the kids do? Like, oh, okay, I can make any video I want. Let's make it a fantasy. So he, he's not sitting here saying, like, we're very sorry that we've offended the Asian culture for appropriating their culture. He's not saying any of that. He's saying, listen, you might think it's cultural appropriation. I'm having fun. You know, it's, it's, it's just me trying to have some fun. So I don't think he's apologizing. Okay. I think he's doubling down at, as you would have him do. Mm, you don't sure. agree. All right. I, I think John Mayer is an apologetic type of person. He's, I don't think so. Not, not recently. Not recently. I think he's grown as a person. <laughs> he's grown. <laughs> he's a big boy now. He doesn't need to apologize. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, go check out John Mayer's new video. It's quite good. Go check out Lord's video. Yep. And see you, you, you can hear what we were talking about. Um, and then you can see his video. So the video itself is actually well made, and I thought it was very funny. Yeah, I thought it was. Well, you, did you think it was funny because of the cultural appropriation, or... Did you think it was just a decent one? The pandas are where I, I, I honestly, got to the point where I was like, why are there pandas in this? I actually thought he was trying okay. to make references to Kill Bill in certain parts. I so can see that to me, for sure. To me, I was like, oh, this is like a Kill Bill type thing. Yeah. But maybe not. But the dancing with pandas is freaking hilarious. How yeah. could that not be funny? <laughs> why can't you laugh at pandas? Oh, pandas are like man. the dumbest creatures on they the planet. They are the dumbest. They should not have be, survived. Yeah, they should not still be around. And only by the <laughs> grace of God and, well, and zoos. Yeah, zoos <laughs> are they still around. Because they, they don't want to mate. They don't want to eat, from what I've heard a couple of examples. There's they a couple fall of, out of trees. They fall out of trees idiots, constantly. But they're so funny and cute. <laughs> they're How could you not want that? So, um, yeah, I was going to go over music releases this week, but I can't find it. Oh, okay. Well, like we'll my LinkedIn we'll, we'll so hit you up with the next one we'll next week. We'll hit that week. next time. So, anyway, uh, that's ha- all we got. Happy 100th. Happy 100, Art. <laughs> Don't touch me. All right, folks, you can catch us at talkingaboutnoise at gmail.com. Talkingaboutnoise.com. Uh, you can tweet us at I am the swoop. That's Eric's Twitter handle, and I am at Artmore Studios. Uh, thanks for being the fans. You know we have a small fan base, but I got to tell you, you guys are loyal, and we have appreciated you guys following us for this many, many years that we've been doing this show. I think we're up to five years now uh, that we've been doing this show, and um, it has been a pleasure. So thank you very much, and here's to the next 100 episodes. Bye.